Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. Take your Bibles out, turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. We're starting a new series called Economy. Means the focus is on us. It's what we do with what God has blessed us with. There's a, there's a word that you may have heard, and it's called stewardship. It's 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 not a word we use a lot in our common language every day, but it's a churchy word. And so when we hear the word, sometimes we want to shut down when we hear the word stewardship. But let me tell you what a steward is. A steward is a person who takes care of something for the owner. They take care of something for somebody else, the owner of the property or whatever, and he is called the steward. We might call that person a manager today. So a person who manages someone else's finances, resources, whatever it is. When we're talking about stewardship, we're talking care of taking care of what God has blessed us with. God's been good to us. And he has blessed us far beyond we could ever dream, imagine, or think. Uh, They're all God's blessings. So the question is, what are we doing with all of God's blessings? All that God has blessed or entrusted into our care as stewards to take care of his things. Now, I, I know when I begin to talk about money and resources and talents and finances, uh, there's a story that comes to my mind. And it's a story about three guys who were out hunting. There was a preacher and there was a doctor and there was a lawyer. And they were all out hunting one day, and they saw this big, beautiful eight-point buck. And it just so happened they all fired at the same time. And so the buck fell to the ground immediately as he was hit, and there was some discussion going on amongst the guys, some bantering about who actually killed or hit the buck. And so they're walking up, and the game warden came up just about the same time, and he says, I'm an expert in this thing. I can, by looking at that buck, tell you exactly who shot the deer. And so... I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll go see what happens. So he went and he looked at the deer for just a few moments and then he stood up and said, I know exactly who killed him. It was the preacher. He said, how'd you know that? And he said, well, because the bullet went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes when we talk about money or finances, the danger is it can just kind of go in one ear and out the other. But I want to talk about some things that I think will bless your life and help you down the road. And so take your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, and we will look again together at verse number 11. Um, Sometimes when the preacher preaches on money, the first thought that comes out is all that church wants is my money. That's, that's not what it's about and that's not where we're going to, but we're going to talk about how that God has blessed us with our life. He's blessed us with our time. He's blessed you with your talents. He's blessed you with your ability. He's blessed you with your resources. Everything we have comes from God. So the question is, what are we doing with what God has blessed us with and shown and given to us? And another little, just just a slight note for the record. Do you realize that the word money or finances is used over 2,000 times in the word of God? So if I don't preach on finances, I'm preaching, I'm leaving out a large portion of God's word. And as your pastor, I want you to be blessed in every area of your life. How how many want to be blessed in here? Let me see your hand. All right, good. Then this is for you today. Uh, Let's stand together and read God's word, Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 11. And then God said, let the land produce vegetation. Seed-bearing plants, 
and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. What do we do with the seed? Let us pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, God, for your sweet presence here today. And we pray, God, that you will have your will and way in this house this morning. We thank you for your word. Open up our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us. And we'll be quick to give you all the praise and all the glory and honor in Jesus' holy, mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. First thing I want you to notice from the word of God is simply this. God's blessings are available in the seed. God's blessings are all available in the seed. He he tells uh, in the beginning, he says he created the animals, he created the birds, he created all the seed. And he said in the seed, there is the source for all of your life. All you need, it will bear forth fruit. It will yield seed after its kind. I've given it to you to eat, to plant, to use. The seed is giving to you. God blesses us through the seed. Uh, One of the most amazing things is when you plant that seed, there's potential in the ground. And and you go ahead and you put it in the ground and, and, and then you wait and after a time the seed comes up and it bears fruit, fruit for you to eat or food for you to eat. Uh, if you see a field and a farmer's out there and he's been farming his field and he's got rows of corn all the way up and down the field, you might say to him, hey, Mr. Farmer, why are you planting corn? Why, why do you have corn in your field? Well, he might look at you kind of odd or kind of strange or weird and say, because I wanted corn. Or because I planted corn. You, you get exactly back in return what you put into the ground. You will reap what you sow because I wanted corn. It's not you plant corn and then you stand back and say, I wonder what it's going to be. I wonder if I'm going to get some potatoes today. I wonder if I'll get some wheat today. I wonder if I'll, I'll get some carrots today. I wonder what I'm going to get today. No, there's no doubt about it. He says every seed bears fruit after its own kind. And so if you plant corn, you will get corn out of the ground. Take a look at this little clip about corn. Think how good all these vegetables are going to taste. Peas, beans, squash, tomatoes. What's this row? Beets. Beets? Yep. And what about this row? Potatoes. Potatoes? Yeah. What's this row here? Tomatoes. Tomatoes? Yeah. There's lettuce, squash, sweet potatoes, carrots, bok choy. Bok choy. What's that? Chinese cabbage. Hey, that row looks right. Yeah, well, this is corn. All those seeds did look alike, come to think of it. Yeah, like corn. Boy, that seed salesman sure saw us coming. No, saw you coming. Corn, corn, corn. Nothing but corn. Corn, corn. Why do we plant corn? and expect something different. That's what we do in our lives, don't we? You plant finances, you'll reap in finances. You sow in kindness, you'll reap back in kindness. You sow to your education, 
hopefully will reach back, reap in intelligence somewhere along the line. If you uh, sow enough to your education. Yeah, the, the Bible says in Galatians 6, don't be deceived, God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. And he applies that to our spiritual nature. He says if you sow to the spirit man, you'll reap everlasting life. If you sow to the natural man or the carnal man, you'll reap destruction. And he says don't, don't mock God. Whatever seed you put in the ground is the seed you're gonna get out of the ground. That's the law of nature. That's what Genesis chapter one said. Every seed bore fruit after its own kind. There's blessing in the seed contained in that little seed. The second thought is simply this. It, it's God has given you authority over the seed. He placed the seed in your hand. Now you have authority. What am I gonna do with the seed? Look, if you would, at verse 28. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In other words, God says, I'm giving dominion into your hand. I make Adam and Eve, you have dominion over all the birds, the fish and all that. You have dominion or you have authority over those animals. It's the same with the seed. We have the seed given to us by God. I have authority over that seed. I can hold it in my hand or I can plant it in the ground. I can till the ground and work a little bit and prepare the soil. I can put the seed in the ground. Then I come along and I water the seed. And at some point when the harvest comes up, I have to reap in the harvest. God's given us the seed. What are we gonna do with the seed? And you find that in the very next verse. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for food. And so first of all, God's given us the blessing. It's contained in the seed. But the question is, what are we gonna do with the seed? And then he's given us authority on how we use the seed. And I've given you every seed you need for food but it does you no good if it just sits in your hand. At some point, you gotta invest it, put it in the ground, or water it, watch over it, and at some point, that will come forth and yield a harvest. Every one of you have a choice in what you do in life. You make choices, you make decisions by what you do. Uh, for example, you had a choice of what you had for breakfast today. If you're like me, you were in a hurry, and I know there's donuts at the church, so I just said, I'll come to church and get some free donuts. And so that's kind of my theory. And so I got here and got my donuts for this morning. And so unless you're in prison and they just put the same breakfast out for everybody going down the row, you have a choice in what you have for breakfast. Now I'm gonna tell you, every morning for breakfast, the other six days of the week, I have oatmeal. And uh, to make the oatmeal good, I put honey in it. And then I put uh, peanut butter and I stir it all up in the oatmeal. And then I get all these chopped up nuts and I put them inside the oatmeal. And then I cut bananas up, and, or I don't cut them up, my wife does. But she cuts up bananas and puts them all over the top of the oatmeal. And I add a little bit of milk. And that's the breakfast I have six mornings out of the week. Uh, my, my doctor said my cholesterol is a little high. He said eat oatmeal. So now if I neigh a little bit, it's after all the oatmeal I've been eating all the time. Uh, anyway, I feel like I'm turning into a horse, but uh, uh, eat oatmeal. And so, but you have a choice. You have a choice in what you do, what you eat, where you go, what you do. Most things that happen in life don't just happen by accident. Most of the events, most of the things that transpire, 
transpire in our life are the result of the choices we make, okay? And so he says when we make a choice to sow corn, you're gonna reap corn. And you gotta say, what am I gonna do with that seed? What choices am I gonna make with the seed that God has blessed me with or given me? The blessing is contained in the seed. Now, as Christians, every one of us would say we're creationists. We believe God created the heavens and the earth. We believe in the Genesis account. We believe it's like he said it happened. And, and God is the maker of everything. And because we're creationists, we believe that God has a purpose and a plan. In other words, if you're an evolutionist, you're an accident. You're just an accident. You're just a, a, a random choice out of a, a, just a million possibilities that over billions and billions of years, and, and somehow you're no better than pond scum. You're just a higher elevated point of creation. You have evolved to the rank you are now. And so we say we're creationists because we follow the word of God. And yet sometimes we live our life like evolutionists. We somehow believe I can sit back and do nothing and everything's gonna get better. And we're gonna evolve. We're gonna be this perfect person. So I'm, let me tell you a little secret. If you sit in your easy chair every night and the only exercise you get is punching your remote control and eating potato chips and drinking soft drinks, this is what you get. <laughs> you can't blame anybody else. We are a result of the choices we make. And so it is, you have control over the seed, over the blessing that God has placed into your life. And so what are you doing with the seed? There's the potential for food, there's the potential for abundance, there's the potential for blessing. It is all found in the seed, the seed. Now, not only will we reap what we sow, but we will reap more than we sow. It's another law of planting and sowing and reaping. Uh, you take that. You can take one corner of kernel of, grain, of corn, plant it in the ground, seed corn. Put that kernel in the ground. Out of that kernel will come a stalk of corn. It may have several ears of corn on that one stalk. Each ear of corn will have several hundred kernels of corn. You sowed one seed, and a multitude came out. An abundance came out, and, a, and, and a, a blessing came out. You will reap more than you sow. Not only do you reap what you sow, you will reap more than you sow. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, look at verse number 6. He talks about in the area of finances. Starts in verse number six. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, you will have all that you need and will abound in every good work. Look at the words abound, abound, abound. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply an increase, look at the word increase, your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now look at those verses again, verse number eight. It says, God is able to bless you abundantly. 
One seed, seed sown, God blesses you abundantly. Verse number 10, it says he will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest. God has promised to give back. He says in Luke, I will give back pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men give back unto you? God will do that. He will multiply the seed. So the law of sowing and reaping, I get what I sow. You sow it in the ground, that's what you're going to reap. The second law is you get more than you sow. And the third law is this, you will reap after you sow. You don't start out with the reaping. You start out with the sowing of the seed. Uh, you have a choice to make. So, so you get more than you sow. I, I've, had, I've had a lot of people tell me, Pastor, if I was rich, if I was just wealthy, then I would start tithing. Or I would give to missions. Or I would uh, help people out all around. If I just was a little wealthier, if, if I just had a little bit more money, I would give and give and give. The principle of first fruits is this. I give my first and my best to God, and then God blesses the rest. Period. You don't wait for the blessings to come first. God's already blessed us. He's already given us the seed. What are we gonna do with it? When I trust God, I bring my first fruits and I give it unto him, then that frees God up to bless me financially. And if I sow in finances, I will reap in finances. Sow first, reap later. The Bible said the Macedonians were commended because they gave out of their poverty. There's a little word that is the name of our church. It's called faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things not seen, the evidence of things hoped for. So, so when I give and when I bring my tithes and my offerings and I, I give to the work of the Lord or I give to other people or I help someone else out, I am, by faith, trusting God that God will take care of the rest. And when you get to Malachi, he says, this is the one area I want you to trust me in, to test me in this area, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you cannot contain. And so, as a step of faith, I bring my tithes and offerings because I trust God as my source, and I believe that God will bless me abundantly. The third principle is this, though. You choose the attitude of the seed. The attitude with which you give, the attitude with which you serve, the attitude with which you volunteer, it all matters. It all makes a huge difference. And I read it in verse number seven. God loves a cheerful giver. At your heart, at the heart of your generosity, it's got to be with no strings attached. I don't give to obligate God, to tie God up, to say, God, because I did this, you have to do this. I don't give out of compulsion. I don't give because somebody makes me give. I don't give, that's the wrong attitude. But he says in verse number 11, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. So I give, God blesses the harvest, and then I can give again. And I can be generous again, and the kingdom of God advances, and the word of God spreads. I give. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance... 
with the gospel when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again, and when I was in need, not that I am looking for a gift, I'm not looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I want to see you blessed. There are some words that are used there. The word giving in, the, in uh, verse number 15 is the word didome, didome in the Greek language. And it means to supply a wage or to meet an obligation. It's to give out of obligation. It's to pay somebody's wages. It's to settle the accounts. The word gift in verse number 17 is the word doma, D-O-M-A, and it means to show authority or to give out of pity. And so he says, I'm not looking for your pity. I don't want you to give out a compulsion. I don't want you to give because you feel sorry for me. But in your giving, I want to see what God will credit to your own account. Some give to the church and they, and they get the idea that God needs my money. And look at me now, I'm giving. Aren't I amazing, God? Look at what I'm putting in the offering. Look how great I am. And we're, act like we're doing God a favor, that we are giving out of charity or to gain influence or to gain power. And we say, God, look how much I gave. Now this is how much you have to do for me. Paul desired that their giving would be for their benefit, not his. I don't want your pity. I'm not looking for that at all. So he's talking about the motives which which they give. If they give with the wrong motives, then it's God will not bless that. Now, in Matthew 2, in verse 11, there's another word for gift. And I want to show you that word as well. And it's the story of the wise men. And so the wise men come. They present their gifts to God and uh, the baby Jesus. And you know the story, and it says in the verse 11, And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshiped. And they opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, there's there's two words I want to focus in on. The first word is treasure. It's the same word that you find in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. We have this treasure talking about the glory of God in earthen vessels. And so what the the, uh, wise men literally did, they opened up their boxes, they opened up their treasures, they opened that all up, and then they presented their gifts to God, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Bible says that now our bodies are earthen vessels and we hold the treasure of God inside of us. And so when I give, it needs to be I give out of a cheerful, grateful heart because of the presence of God, not because somebody makes me to. Not to manipulate God in some way, form, or fashion. And the Bible says we will treasure what matters the very most in our hearts and our lives. The wise men gave out of their treasures. They gave out of what mattered the very most to them, and they presented that as worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why when Laurel came up and he he began talking about how we give the offering, we are worshiping God in our giving. So when we bring our tithes and our offerings, it's a part of our worship to God because we need to do it with the right heart and the right attitude. God, I Give my gifts to you because I love you. Now, Paul wanted the Philippians to give this way. He says, I want you to give out of your treasure, out of what matters the most, out of your love. I don't want you to give out of pity or obligation or piety. Now, the word gift in Matthew 2.11 is the word doron. 
And Doron, for a gift, is always a gift giving with honor. It's an expression of honor to the one you're giving the gift to. So Paul says in Philippians chapter, uh, chapter four, verse 17, I don't want your doma, I don't want your pity or your arrogant gift. He says, I don't want your didame, I don't want you to think you're under obligation that I've gotta have your money to survive, but I want your doran, I want you to be an expression of honor to God. And if you give in that way, then God in turns credit it back to your account. That's what brings the favor and blessing of God. The attitude you give with is just as important or more so than the seed itself. If you give with the wrong attitude, God can't bless it. Out of the abundance of the heart, your treasure flows. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The attitude of your seed can determine what it will accomplish and if it's an acceptable gift. Now let me see if I can illustrate this for you. Uh, And men, listen really close because I'm gonna help you right here in your journey. And so all the men, I really want you to tune in. Valentine's Day is coming up. Okay, in case you didn't know it, I'm reminding you right now, giving you a heads up about uh, 11, 12 days away, something like that. And so it's coming up in the month of February. It comes up every single year. Now, if you went out and you bought flowers and candy and a card, guys, would that be an acceptable gift? No? I, yeah, it's a pretty good gift. I mean, that, that's not bad. Flowers, candy, you know, the whole works. You, you get a card, you do it nice, you know. That's what we think in terms of Valentine's Day. That's the kind of gift I'm gonna get. And so we would call that an acceptable gift, okay? So you go out and you buy a dozen roses and you go out and you buy a big, nice box of chocolates and you buy a card and you write something nice on there and you come in. Now, now picture this. You've just got all this stuff for Valentine's Day. If you came into the house and you threw it on the counter, kitchen counter, and said, Happy Valentine's Day, and you proceeded to go to your chair, turn on the TV, and tune your wife out. How many think that gift would just be diminished just a little bit? It might, might lose some of its effects. Or worse yet, you come in, and you have the flowers in your hand, the candy beside you, same gift, same thing, only you say, here, baby, here's your roses. Now, don't fuss at me for the rest of the year. See, I remember Valentine's this year. Now, leave me alone. I got your gift. How many know that might get you in more trouble than even forgetting the gift in the first place? If that's the attitude in which you give it, it would kind of void out the gift altogether. But let's just say you get home a little bit early and you straighten up the house and uh, you try to, yeah, that would be a miracle in itself for some of you guys. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you, and, you, and you cook her favorite meal. And you take that dozen roses and you put it on a vase right in the middle of the table and you light up those stinky candles and it puts that fragrance all (laughs) over the house and and you turn the lights down low and you got your your gift bag and you got it it all wrapped up and you got a big box of chocolates in there and a card in there and and that's your gift and and your wife's gonna come home and you put a little berry white on there. (laughs) I'm gonna love you, baby. And it's playing in the background. The attitude changes the gift altogether. Same seed, right? Flowers and candy. Same seed, all three cases. 
We all got the same seed. What are we doing with it? And what's our attitude like? And man, let me just throw this in. I can almost promise the blessings will come back on you. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. You sow in kindness, you will reap the same. Today I've been talking about the seed. Talking about our money, talking about our resources, talking about our time. We'll talk more about that in the weeks ahead, using being a steward of the time that God has given every single one of us, talking about our talents, our abilities, our all that God has blessed us with, and how you steward the resources God has placed in your hand, God has given you. He gave you resources to be a blessing to others and the kingdom of God. He says that very clearly in his word. Look at 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. God is able to bless you abundantly. Wow, we could just stop right there, period. But he goes on to say, so that in all times, having all that you need, you will, be abound, you will abound in every good work. I've blessed you abundantly. Why? So he'll give you everything you need, but you can also abound in every good work. So you keep sowing that seed, harvest comes up, and God keeps blessing. It's amazing. I'm not teaching about the seed today to make you feel obligated to give. If you walk out of this service leaving that, you have missed the point entirely. In fact, just the opposite. I want you to get past your worry and past your fear and develop in you a desire to be generous, a desire to love, a desire to give, a desire to serve, a desire to worship and do all that freely without encumbrances. And it's only going to happen if we do it with the right attitude, if we Understand that seed is a step of faith, and then watch God bless it. Now, some of you guys are jammed up financially. I, I want to encourage you, at the end of this four-week series, we're starting Financial Peace University groups all across this campus and all, all of, and the, and the houses all around. If you have not yet been through Financial Peace University, it will talk about getting out of debt, managing your finances and your resources, and how to use the seed and how to use what God has blessed you with. And I would encourage everybody at some point or another to go through that class. It will change your life. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be free. But I'm more concerned today about the condition of your heart. What's your heart like? What, what is on the inside? What's, what's going on there? What is your attitude of your worship? Worship is bringing your best out of the treasure of your heart and giving it to God. What treasures are at the center of your heart today? What is, what's deep on the inside? And before you give God your money or your time or your talents, you first gotta give him your life and say, God, my life is your life. I give it to you. Second Corinthians 8, 5, he commends the Macedonians. He says, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first to the Lord. Notice that first line. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us also. You see, I'm convinced that, 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 that stewardship is a trust issue. It's a lordship issue. And once you settle the issue of who has your heart and who's your Lord, whose stuff it is, All stewardship comes very, very easily. It's a natural byproduct because we understand God's principles. It's all God's to begin with. 
and I get to partner with him and he with me and I get to plant the seed and I get to water that seed and I believe by faith a harvest is coming and then I'll get more seed and I can plant again and plant again and sow into someone else and sow into life and sow into ministry and sow into the kingdom and God will take care of me and God will take care of my family and it's just, it's really awesome when you lock with God and get involved but first of all, does God have your heart? Does he have you? Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org.